Hey, this is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We're excited that you would uh, want to know about what we're doing here at our church. We just want to invite you to come see us. Today, we're talking about Hebrews chapter four uh, and just three verses there. Uh, but I, I saw this as an encouragement to my church and hopefully it will be for you as well uh, because we read in just three verses that even Jesus was tempted. And because of that, he can empathize with us and our lives. I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but that's what scripture says. And so that's what we look at today. Uh, I hope you find it an encouragement. And again, come see us. Usually get up here and say good morning again, but you've been good morning enough. And not enough of you said good morning back, so I'm kind of mad at you. So let's, uh, we'll just continue on. Uh, today we don't uh, start a series. Um, we are uh, going to focus on a uh, three verses in the book of Hebrews. Uh, again, I hope that uh, you enjoyed the, the rest series, and I hope that you're still trying to get it, but I promised you I wouldn't ask if you have gotten it. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep moving. Uh, but I wanted to focus on Hebrews 4 uh, just because of kind of, I guess my sickness kind of brought it on. You know, we, we've kind of had, you know, I had COVID and then you feel like you had a couple of good weeks and all of a sudden you got, you know, all this mess again. And you ever go through a part of your life where it just seems like it's one thing after the other? Anybody? Who's there right now? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah, okay. That's, that's kind of what I felt. I was like, you know what? These people need, we need a verse. We need some scripture that talks about, you know, kind of a, a, a way out and the way I, uh, way I see it. One of the things I want to encourage you to do as your minister is to know something about yourself. I want you to know what is it that gives you energy that helps you grow closer to God, okay? So for some of us, that is singing. Like this morning we came together and sang, that was it. You know, that's, man, if John doesn't say a word, I'm going to go home happy, you know. Or it was a little pitchy and I didn't like it. You know, one of the way. It always seems to be either one. No, but, but know yourself and know. For me, it's singing. Some of you may be scripture. Some of you may be prayer warriors. And that, that helps you like, feel like I'm connecting to God in this moment. I love like big conferences. Like big conferences, not just for a speaker, but like when they have the, anybody ever go to the Tulsa workshop? I know a few of you have before. Like the singing there, right? You go there and uh, number one, you look around and sometimes it feels like I'm the only one right? Like sometimes it feels lonely. Like I'm out here trying to live the right kind of life. And sometimes it feels like, is anybody else doing it with me? And so in those big conferences, you go and, and like Tulsa, I mean, you have, you may have a couple thousand, you know, when I went and that was down from uh, its heyday. And so to get uplifted by a, the singing, but to look and see, okay, we're in this together. This is a big group of people kind of lift your spirit. And so that's what I want you to be thinking about what is it that I can do? Because a lot of times we can kind of get down in those times where it seems like one thing after the other. Uh, it can be kind of a bleak experience. You know, how am I going to get out of this? How, how am I going to get through this time? And so we can be in a position where we might be, you know, a little dark, a little dim. And so I want you to know that about yourself. And so the verses I've selected here in Hebrews 4, uh, we've just done three. It kind of talks about... Uh, uh, just a couple of, uh, of statements here uh, that I think are very helpful to me, and I hope 
they are for you. So we're going to start in verse 14, Hebrews 4, verse 14. If you've got your, got your Bibles, you can look there. I've got it on the screen. It's just going to be 14, 15, and 16 today. So the Hebrew writer says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Do you hear the encouragement there? Let us hold firmly. Why does that need to be said? Because sometimes it feels like that grip is a, a little lacking, right? Uh, I used to, you know, be on the monkey bars and things like that when I was a kid. Nowadays, since I've gained five or ten pounds, um, it's a lot more difficult. Sometimes that's the way life makes you feel. Sometimes you've got a good strong grip and I can stay here all day. I've got it. And then sometimes it's like, oh my gracious, how does anybody do this? And we're just barely hanging on. And the Hebrew writer says, okay, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And he doesn't say, you know, just because. He says, look, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Remember in the Old Testament, uh, the high priest had to kind of atone for the sins of the nation. You remember this? And they weren't really atoned for. It was more like, you know, rolled over into next year. You know the thing you can't do with your vacation days? That thing. And that's kind of rolled that way. And, and what the Hebrew writer says is, look, we have a great high priest, Jesus, who did this for you. There's no longer, what we're going to say, there's no longer any more, you know, having to sacrifice yearly Jesus, because of who he was, which is the Son of God, perfect, does that once and for all. And that's why we're here this morning, right? Amen, church? Amen. Let's, hear, let's hear some more of that. One of my favorite classes at Harding University is taught by Dr. Scott Adair. And if you call him that, he says, Scott. We all know people that would rather you just say doctor, Right? Just don't even use the name. Just say doctor. That's what I want to hear. But I love Scott. Super humble. Super good teacher. But he taught a class called Christology. And what that is is a study of who Jesus is. Study of Jesus Christ. And so this is a high Christology. This is saying, because people come to the Bible with questions. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know people have questions about the Bible? That news to anybody? Um, so if you're, if you're Muslim... What you're going to say is, and what Muslims believe, is Jesus was a, a, a prophet. He was a good, great prophet. But he wasn't the son of God. Okay? And so what the Hebrew writer says, Jesus, the son of God, is who your high priest is. And church, that is good news. The very son of God, again, while we were yet sinners, God loves us so much that he sends Jesus to die for us, to be that great high priest for us, and I need to hear that. So, you, so you, in this statement, you've got the who. Now, you've, you've got the what. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. How many of you in your, in your mental picture of Jesus think very much about Jesus actually being tempted? Like a struggle. Anybody think about that? My default is not. Like Jesus, the Son of God, didn't have to really be tempted like I am. Like he didn't face real temptation. Anybody else that way? I mean, it's just kind of, he's Jesus, right? 
We know, we know how it ends, so you don't think much about the temptation. But think about even right after Jesus' baptism, he was carried off by the Holy Spirit into the desert where he was tempted by Satan. I want you to just dwell on that for just a moment. Because it says he was out, he was out without food for so long. I talk about being hangry. Anybody else with me there? But can you imagine what kind of temptation, if you haven't eaten in a long time, when Satan, his way to get to you is, why don't you just turn these stones to bread? Now, I'd have turned them to pizza or a hamburger. <laughs> but it was food, right? And so that is a real temptation. That's what the Hebrew writer says. Jesus didn't come as God and like he walked around like in a comic book, which I love, by the way, uh, as a superhuman can do anything, uh, yeah, uh, the enemy might have thrown a blow and you thought, oh, no, maybe Superman will die. No, he's not going to die. Jesus didn't come that way. Jesus came, yes, as God's son, but he came, he came to earth fully human to experience what humanity was like, to be fully tempted. Imagine that God loves you so much that he sent his son to actually, we, we talked about how God wants to dwell with you, right? but to actually live life as you, to completely experience life as we experience it. And it says, praise the Lord, we have one that's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. What I want you to notice here also is what you don't see after that is a parenthetical that says, so you should never sin, you will never sin. Because I think that's kind of what we take sometimes. Like the pressure is all on us. I better not ever sin. Because Jesus was our example. Yeah, right? Yeah. And he didn't sin, so I better never sin. Uh, when we talked about, remember the Jonathan Edwards sermon, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God. That was kind of a lot of our, our picture of who, G, or who God was, right? That, that God is just waiting around the corner for us to mess up. And so when we think about this, we think, well, man, we have to be perfect. And Scripture does talk about being perfect. But what the word perfect there means from, from the Greek is that you are complete, you are mature. So we should always be maturing, growing closer to God. I've talked about that I don't know how many times so far. But we should always be in the process of maturing. Look at this verse right here. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Some of y'all didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? <laughs> Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Why do you need mercy or grace? Don't get specific. Is it because of our perfection we need mercy and grace? God understands us, y'all. God understands who we are and how we're tempted. And what he gives us is mercy and grace very freely. Now, if your vision or your picture, your mental picture of who God is, is one like the Jonathan Edwards sermon, you're wondering how in the world could I ever approach God's throne of grace with confidence? Because my picture of God growing up was he was wearing out the book of life, erasing, rewriting, you know, my name. He, he probably just tracing over it and then just, you know, 
it was dented in. He could just follow along, right? And I would say, I, I bet a lot of you were the same way. Now, notice it doesn't say, let us approach God's throne of grace because of our perfection or because we are good and God owes us. That's not it, is it? We approach God's throne because of who God is, not who we are. Because of God's love, because of God's mercy, because of God's grace. And again, he says, even while you were sinners, God loved you so much that that's when he sent Jesus. So that you wouldn't think, man, I earned that. God, you owe me. But we're in a position to be confident, not because of us, but because of who God is. And I don't know about you guys this morning, but that's good news to me. A lot of you didn't grow up thinking you could be secure in salvation. And while the Bible does warn about ways you can trip and fall and even fall from grace, to walk away, it is always something you are choosing to do through one big decision or a lot of little ones where you walk away from God. But the Bible is also very clear about God's grace and God's mercy and God's love for every one of you. And for that, I am thankful. And I just want to encourage you this morning, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have that uh, relationship with God this morning, you haven't put Jesus on in baptism experiencing the very death, burial, and resurrection we get through baptism, through the going down and coming up. The sim symbolizes what Jesus did in death, burial, and resurrection, joining him on that mission. You need to do that today. Because the way you have confidence in front of God's throne is because the grace, the free gift you have been given. But you do have to accept it. You can't just walk along and say, I know about God's gift but I won't take it. So I want to encourage you right now. If you have any needs, we're going to have a, a time of invitation. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to praise God with you. If you've got something you want to uh, put before the church, uh, or if you need to put on Jesus in baptism this morning, we'll find a hot tub. We won't, we won't ask you to get in the pool today. This is a test of faith. We want you to see, could you break the ice? <laughs> Make that right, right now, as we stand and sing.